0: welcome to trends with benefits real estate investing with dale creed francis and ryan litvin we strive to bring an open honest and transparent approach to real estate investing by informing and educating listeners about the real world benefits issues and challenges investors need to know when it comes to direct participation real estate this podcast is where you can learn the latest trends innovations and opportunities available to help build wealth Create income and diversify your portfolio. So get ready for another informative, fast paced, and entertaining episode of Trends with Benefits. And welcome, everybody. Glad you're with us here for another episode of Trends with Benefits. I'm Dale Creed Francis, along with Ryan Litvin here. And we're going to be covering our topic here for Trends with Benefits. And remember, that you can subscribe to the newsletter, which accompanies this podcast. They both uh, uh, they both go along with each other, and, and that is Trends with Benefits, the DIRT newsletter, and you can go to trendswithbenefitspodcast.com to subscribe for that free newsletter. So we have some sources for this. We've got some great data for this uh, podcast. Its Sources are Marcus and Millichap, and they it's a recent national report on multifamily housing which, remember, a subset of that is also senior living. So we're talking about apartments in general and as well as senior living communities. And Zillow, case Schiller, and BLS also were sources for us. So let's get going. We titled this one Good Stuff In Equals Good Stuff Out. And you've probably heard that term over the years. It was first introduced uh, into the uh, with the computer world and software and you and, and data entry and if you put good stuff in you're going to get good stuff out but it also applies pretty much to everything here that we looked at with this data if you look at the ingredients are in place now for long term growth as this as these sectors of apartments and senior living adapt to recent headwinds that certainly faced. And been dealing with those to overcome them. And we found that this recent report by Marcus and Millichap and these other sources that contributed as well, it was particularly helpful when we were analyzing various industry headwinds. And to understand what's currently happening and to get a glimpse into the future, let's first look at the past. From a historical context, vacancy is on par with the trailing 30-year average. So that's important to know. So we're, we're basically on track on, on, on the vacancy side of things uh, with the same, basically, over 30-year track record. So higher availability, nevertheless, has flattened rents a little bit following the record-setting growth during the pandemic. As the first quarter of 2023, the average effective monthly rate nationally was down about point six percent from 2022's peak but that is still up a whopping 6.4 percent year over year so ryan what's your thoughts on this
1: well you know everything's data driven so when we look at new supply over the remainder of this year i think it's you know we it's going to keep vacancy rates on a slight upward path near term um while also lifting the average rent is, you know, a lot of high quality units are coming online and you have Mm -hmm. to look at particular markets too. Um, and you know, it's in this Amazon world that we live in, everybody's kind of, you know, we see a lot of people just kind of look very short sighted, not very Mm -hmm. out into the distant future. Um, we're seeing that right now on the senior living side of things like a lot of people because of costs and labor costs have cut back on new senior living communities. Um, And we're going to continue to move forward on those because that demand uh, is significant and is only building over the next 20 years. Didn't go away. Didn't change. No. And so we want that supply into the future. And the same goes for apartments because you have to look at the data beyond the data, right? So, like, there's overhangs in supply in select markets that have large pipelines of new apartments and things coming online. But there's population and housing dynamics that – um, show us that the deliveries of these apartments for the future growth is very necessary long term. Mm-hmm. And another thing coming out of that pandemic that you've got is this that pent up household creation, right? So, um, you've got this young adults, these young adults living with their parents, and that surged to the new heights during that whole pandemic thing. Um, with those unique work and education arrangements and things. Now that's ticked down some, but a lot of economic headwinds, recessionary periods, inflation, you know, these are now further stunting that household creation of this, uh, you know, in this cohort or in this demographic of, of people. So once more of these younger adults, they gain the more confidence financially, and they're going to move out on their own, that pent-up, pent-up household formation will release. And I think that's going to aid in that rental demand. And millennials are remaining renters for a longer period in time than really anybody in history with those home ownership barriers uh, that are in place. And I think that's going to drive the, the demand for the supply, especially in a lot of select markets, Uh, in the coming years. So that's what we have to look at. We have to look at three, four years out when you're going to develop a project, not three, four months out. And let me hit on a
0: term there, just for clarification for people, household creation. You know, in years ago, people only thought of that as going and buying a, a house and creating a new household. That's not the case anymore. When they talk about household creation here, that only means someone going out on their own. Uh, and, and that that can be renting an apartment now. It doesn't have to be buying a house. And so when we look at household creation, that that's what happens. And you know what? In my own experience, I'm seeing it everywhere with my own, one of my daughters, uh, nieces and nephews, they've, I mean, through this pandemic and stuff, uh, they faced a lot. And a lot of folks, a lot of young folks were living at home and saving up money. They are now doing that move. They mm-hmm. are now making that leap for household creation. And it's not buying a house, it is renting a, an apartment or a townhome.
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, the economic headwinds, but also interest rates are double what they were a year ago. Uh, and so that's not only on the buy side, right? So people aren't just um, holding off on buying, but they're holding off on selling because as soon as they sell, if they're in a, you know, Three four percent mortgage they're selling. Well now they got to go buy another house at a six seven eight whatever percent rate. Um, so that's a factor to come into play too. So that's kind of you know that's going to start to hamper. The really the only thing that's uh you know when it comes to housing and with the prices being inflated is because of the lack of supply. Uh, and that's helping the rental market as well. But longer term, that generation that's coming up that has lived with their parents, they're choosing to rent. They don't want the the liability of having the house to to um. To have to buy, to have to sell, uh, when they're moving around a lot. Now nah, I'm gonna, I'll jump on to. Uh, your coattails on that one, if you don't mind, um, being
0: hanging on there. So, uh, because Marcus and Milchap went on to explain that the home ownership hurdles will expand this renter pool, which is exactly what we we're just saying. The inventory of single family homes available for purchase remains less than half the historic average. Mm-hmm. So that's just reinforcing these elevated prices. And alongside this, the average 30 year mortgage rate we're talking about here. I mean, uh, it's extremely high. It's making borrowing costly and simultaneously reducing the incentive for owners to sell. And and broad inflation has made it harder to save for a down payment for these buyers want to be buyers as well. So none of these obstacles for prospective home buyers are likely to abate near term. And that's just coaxing the largest population subset that we've had in our in our history, the late 20s to 30 year olds, to remain. Renters. And you can't see this chart here on the podcast. Why I encourage you to subscribe to the newsletter, in that there is a well drawn out chart showing buying versus renting in America. And you'll see that since back to 1970, these lines, although an upward tra- trajectory together, they intersected here and there, back and forth until 2021, in which the cost to buy skyrocketed, surpassed, and surged like crazy beyond the cost of renting. And that, again, is what's coming home to help companies like us who are leaders in developing multifamily apartment buildings, uh, senior living communities from whether it's 55-plus that don't need services all the way up to high-acuity care.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at that period, it was over a decade, 11 years or longer, where the cost to rent was higher than the cost to buy. And that has changed, like you said, dramatically. You've got to check that chart out because it's uh, it's mind-boggling a little bit how expensive it is in comparison to rent uh, to purchase a house right now.
0: Yeah, so just contact us and we can either get you that newsletter specifically or you can join the newsletter and get it uh, each each month that comes out for free so while the focus on this research report was primarily on multifamily apartments for the younger generation let's not forget that senior living communities are a subset of the multifamily housing industry so thus many of these factors that we've identified that Marcus and Millshap have identified and Case Schiller they they are positive effects also on the 55 plus age restricted apartments assisted living memory care and even that high acuity um care communities because let's give this example how about someone who's 60 years old who was planning to sell their single family home ryan and and they were going to purchase a condo or townhouse right so they were going to downsize they were going to purchase that condo and to have you know less maintenance or whatever well they very well may now elect to simply sell their property rent in, in in an active seniors apartment building that has a myriad of amenities such as a fitness room, rec room, rooftop patios, etc. So likewise an older senior in need of assistance may still need to move into a facility to receive that care regardless of the overall economic environment. So if you look at it It's In fact, that's exactly what we're seeing overall in industry. Apartments remain in strong demand, and our aging population continues to require great care as their needs continue to increase. And that's really why at Vincent Companies, we are also realists. So while everyone on our team is very optimistic, we fully understand that simply being optimistic isn't enough. Of course, it's better than being eternally pessimistic, but we know that along with optimism must come action. Thus, that's why we spend countless hours each month reviewing, researching, and adapting to the real world changes, good or bad, that remain a moving target in our lives. We believe That is the only way for us to remain the go-to leader in this industry for real estate investors. And with that, we thank you for joining us. And Ryan and I really look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Learn more about Vincent Companies and the Trends with Benefits podcast at vincentre.com or trendswithbenefitspodcast.com. You can also give us a call at 612-424-8650 or submit questions at Info at vincentre.com. And we really look forward to meeting you soon.